0: Hello and welcome to the Avocado Proust podcast, a weekly podcast about tech, culture, health and everything in between. We'll share things that caught our eye this week and then go a bit deeper on our topic of the week.
1: Hi Looms. Hi Jeeves. How you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely and bright and daylight outside right now.
0: Yeah, even though it is well into the evening. It is. Summer's coming. summer, yeah. Summer I coming. mean light evenings
1: if you say this but this is the reason why i stayed out a little bit too late on saturday evening because if you're so used to knowing that it's home time by the position of the sun in the sky or the appearance of the moon (laughs) (laughs) you end up staying a little too long so i'm feeling the effects today it is monday to be clear so (laughs) that's just a two-day hangover it is. It's the two-day hangover Oof. of your classic elder millennial. <laughs> it's, it's a cross to bear. You, know, indeed. you have the funds to pay for drinks and have nights out, but you also need to pay for it with your spirit and <laughs> <laughs> with your soul.
0: Well, uh, I didn't drink this weekend, so I'm feeling pretty
1: fresh. Well, with your freshness, why don't you then go ahead and tell us what we're going to be talking about this week?
0: Yes, our topic of the week this week is: Do opposites attract? Yes. So we've all heard that phrase, opposites attract,
1: but is it actually true? We'll get into it. But first, we got some highlights of the week. We do indeed. We have to stop calling them highlights because they're not always like highlights. Like, it's like a positive. There's just things that caught our eye this week, like our intro says. Yes. Yeah. The. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would call them high no. <laughs> Interesting things. Yeah, interesting random facts, random things that have popped up. Why don't you go first? Sure. So, you may have
0: heard that this week a employment tribunal ruled that apparently calling a man bold is sexual harassment, and apparently it's equivalent to commenting on the size
1: of a woman's breasts. So, yeah why do people who aren't oppressed want to be oppressed <laughs> so badly how is that the same in what world yeah is so that the same? it's it's obviously not right like the
0: definition of sexual harassment is unwanted sexual
1: behavior that obviously makes people feel upset or Whatever. Turned on. (laughs) (laughs) If you're the one who's doing the harassment, then if it's sexual, it's supposed to imply that it's like. Yeah, that it's a sexual A sexual act. Nature of of that behavior. A sexual motivation. Yeah,
0: so obviously, commenting on a woman's breasts is sexual.
1: By default.
0: But a man, so the context of this uh, case was a man who was who who was harassed by his boss he was obviously bullied or you know t- treated really badly you know made fun of called a bold c word you know th- like it wasn't great that's all not nice for him to have gone through but it's not sexual
1: no it's le- it's legitimate harassment yeah it's harassment that should not have happened and have no issue with that but why must it be called sexual
0: yeah so i think that comes down to obviously the people who were on the panel who by the way were all bold men oh no (laughs) really so (laughs) uh, they said there's a connection between the word bold and the protected characteristic of sex oh my god it's much more prevalent in men than women but so, so they thought it's related to sex which it is men tend to be bold rather than women but it's not sexual so like something was lost in translation but
1: these judges clearly don't understand the meaning of sexual harassment i mean i i don't know it <laughs> i didn't realize that the entire panel
0: was was all, was men. all
1: bald men and clearly this is quite the vendetta of trying to re- rebalance the injustice because not all men end up bald so this is this isn't a co- like this this isn't a cause to get behind i appreciate that baldness is, can be quite traumatic for a lot of people in the black community for instance for women we end up with traction alopecia. Oh, really? From yeah, from that. the different hairstyles and stuff. It can pull your hair out. Baldness is traumatic for everybody, because your hair is your crown, regardless of where you're from or your background or whatever. So I understand that there can be a lot of trauma associated with losing your hair when it's not your choice. But co-opting a term like sexual harassment that is usually experienced by a very specific marginalized group of human beings to suit your own purposes it's just wrong
0: yeah and it undermines actual sexual harassment right like i don't know the fact that they don't even understand what
1: it means it do, that's it's exactly what like, it is. It points back to the the lack of understanding or appreciation for what actual sexual harassment is. Uh, like, if if his boss had snuck up behind him and like licked his ball spot, yes, and then yeah. proceeded to moan pleasantly, <laughs> <laughs> then fine. I see a case for sexual harassment, but sexual harassment is not sex-based no it's it's nothing to do as in when i say sex i mean gender it's not gender-based it's not tied to any one gender it's a very specific type of harassment that needs to be treated in a very specific type of way Mm -mm. but you can't just blanket call it you can't just blank call it sexual harassment like if you have a woman who is unable to bear children Mm -mm. and you make a comment about her not being able to bear children. Does that mean she could sue you for sexual harassment? No, that's just harassment.
0: Yeah, is, exactly, it's bullying. It's bullying, you know, harassment, but it's not, yeah. sexual, but it's, harassment. not sexual
1: harassment. And there's, there's this, this, uh, it feels like there's an entire attempt for people who are not marginalized or oppressed to want to be marginalized and oppressed. Well, but on like, their own terms,
0: this happens to me too, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like, can you not just, yeah. you know, something bad has happened to this man, but why does it have to, yeah, use that term which is incorrect? Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And definitely. if this
1: ruling goes unchallenged, then this suddenly becomes this. Bec- this would become one of those examples of 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 sy- systemic erasure is what this could potentially become because if you can suddenly start bundling all manner of things as sexual harassment, for instance, when it's not your traditional sexual harassment, then it just it d- dilutes the meaning and the, the, the meaning that that term has and the impact on victims then yeah. becomes even worse because all of a sudden sexual harassment doesn't have, it's just not, it doesn't have the weight that it used to have in the judi- judicial system. Like, yeah, this is how these systemic exactly. things get started. You have to nip them in the bud. But obviously, the panel of bald men probably feel pretty vindicated with their with their ruling.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. They obviously, you know, wanted to rule in this guy's favour that something bad happened to him. But, like, it's, it's not sexual. And yeah, I think that's a really good point that it... Get it clouds what that means if this gets you know, uh, put into whatever I, it's employment tribunal, So yeah. I don't. I guess it just sets a precedent, but it's not nec- it's not law or anything. Yeah. yeah. But you know it does. I, I'm sure some people would see that and be like, being called boulders isn't sexual harassment, and yeah. then I don't know. Yeah, sexual harassment loses meaning. Um. So yeah, that's definitely
1: something to be aware of. It's also. And this is the last thing i want to say about it, because I don't want to spend too much time talking about bald men. <laughs> but it's also a really good example of why, why representation matters. Because mm. if you have people who can relate to your experience in positions of power, they'll make rulings that benefit you. <laughs> so Yes. <laughs> so this this feels like a really good example of that. But that's. That's a great point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's sort of like this person is like me and I can empathise with what they've gone through and therefore that will impact my decision making. Yeah. It's a full 100%. example
1: of, of empathy in motion Yeah, with the power to back it up.
0: It is. Speaking of sexual harassment at work, there was another story I read about this kind of thing recently, which was an actual case of sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and essentially a woman was continually sexually harassed by her boss so the extent of his behavior was he made unwanted sexual advances towards her and then once she rejected him he went on kind of the offensive and tried to you know make her life at work difficult he also apparently mocked her weight
1: a lot so th- that that is classic what, sexual harassment.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he hits on her, and yeah, gets rejected, and, and reacts badly. So she won the tribunal, and what obviously what happened to her, and you know, the behaviour of the boss was appalling. But even more concerning is how her company res- responded. In these reports, so that it the company that she worked for where this happened is called Gartner and they're like a big market research firm, I believe. And essentially, when she reported this to them internally, they essentially blamed her for like participating in the behaviour because I guess she... Continued to exist. <laughs> Continued to exist. Yep. She replied to his text and sort of during the hearing that, um where where obviously this ruling eventually happened the her colleagues described his behavior as like banter and apparently the company tried to make attempts to kind of cover up this sexual harassment so like they've just dealt with it incredibly badly and i think the idea of like them being like oh you know shoot she kind of participated in it it was just banter it was just like classic victim blaming like, all the stuff around, like, oh, you know, she wanted it. Stop being so sensitive. It's just a joke. Like, all that kind of stuff is just so annoying. And it's just, like, I don't know, that, that sexual kind of language and behavior, like, that gets tolerated at work. And, like,
1: even when she's reported it. I, I thought mean, that was outrageous. Also, it's 2022. That that story reads like it's from the 80s. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> it's it's 2022 and the me too movement's been out for a while now there are people in jail for it people have lost jobs victims have come out shared stories what how is this happening especially in a corporation that sounds like it's in a corporation yeah it's kind of like a big corporation kind of i
0: think they're relatively well known like they've got global kind of offices and stuff like that but yeah just totally like i don't know obviously not dealt with it well and even worse I read that they're considering appealing the decision which is just like ridiculous you know, that's like spending so much effort to say this didn't happen when I think even the judge in this case was like, this is one of the most like apparent <laughs> cases of sexual harassment because it was all documented which is often not the case yeah because like, was text evidence of what happened it was like so obvious and they're still they're considering appealing it i was just like oh like maybe fix your culture
1: instead well, it depends <laughs> it depends at the top yeah i guess so i'm just gonna look up i'm gonna look up the gartner uh, team executive team just to see what they look like see the makeup see what's going on in there the management team for Gartner Mm. Eugene Craig Ken Joe Alwyn Michael Yvonne Scott Claire Akil Jules Robin and Val
0: a couple of women two women Uh, two women out of how many
1: out of out of 13
0: people right But that does tend to be the case in big companies. Especially if you are... In any companies, to be honest.
1: Yeah. If you are one of only a couple in the room, you don't want to be the one who can't take a joke, who can't take the banter. You had to fight to get your seat at the table. And it's... You know, when we talk about the patriarchy, and I know a lot of people are going to tune out when they hear that word. (laughs) We talk about the patriarchy... It's not, it's nothing to do, it's not necessarily about men not liking women or men not, not respecting women or valuing women. It's nothing to do with that. It's about women not being valued by everybody, by men and by women as well.
0: Yeah. And I think the boss who did this actually did get uh, not quite fired, but, you know, what, when they kind of leave Amit Amicably, amic. My God, I can't say that word. Amicably, amicably.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Do I? <laughs> no, I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah, so it wasn't a big firing where they lost all their shares and everything. It's, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the details
0: are, but it's a but friendly it, it, part. It
1: was a friendly parting. It was like an amicable yeah departing nice see this is me two days hung over and I can say words that you can't (laughs) and I got to drink at the weekend even though you didn't legend (laughs) well yeah I don't want to make assumptions about situations but when you see that around a table of 13 people two are women and a woman in the company gets treated in this way Mm. in 2022 there, there are assumptions that I think can be safe to be made and all my assumptions are alleged. Allegedly. <laughs> I, don't how to, uh, do we, yes. I don't even think we're <laughs> using that <assumptions>. word. <laughs> These are all my opinions and not based on any sort of fact. But this story, that story is, uh, is pretty upsetting. Yes, it is. Speaking of patriarchal beliefs and how they still show up in, not just in Western cultures, but in a lot of cult- cultures around the world as well, Jeeves is Asian, I'm mm-hmm. African, and we <laughs> probably have, I would say that our ancestors probably agreed on a few things. And the, the thing that caught my eye this week is probably a really good indicator of one of those ancestral beliefs that is showing up in the modern world. Do you tell? So there is a couple in India that are suing their son for not giving them a grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Asian. (laughs) A couple in the northern Indian state of Uttarakhand, I hope I said that correctly, are suing their only son and his wife for not giving them a grandchild after six years of marriage. They say they used up their savings, raising their son, paying for his pilot's training as well as a lavish wedding. So they're demanding compensation if no grandchild is born within a year. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. How much? How much compensation? Let's assume the premise is fine. The prem, you know, they spent a lot of money raising him and yeah. paid for the wedding and all of that. They're invested not getting a the lot. ROI. Well, what would be a good ROI amount? Do you think you're the judge of the case, and you agree with the premise? How much are you? How much are you giving them in compensation?
0: Oh, that is you asking me to
1: I'm asking value to the a cost ruling. of a child. That's exactly what I'm asking you to do. It's
0: a difficult one, isn't it? Um, like a million pounds? Oh. I don't know. This is in India, though, so it
1: could be, who knows? I don't know what. Well, they are demanding compensation worth nearly $650,000 okay. or £525,000 if they don't get a grandchild within a year. I mean, the ground, the grounds for the lawsuit is uh, mental harassment. So interesting. The parents or the the parents are basically saying that they have sacrificed so much for their only child, and mm. they're not getting the ROI in return. Which, which when you think about it, is so odd that grandchildren are so valued in this way. Like, you spend all your time and energy and money raising a kid and then when you get a grandkid the kid spends all their time and money and energy raising that kid what is you get yeah you might get the occasional baby cuddle but like is that an ROI that's a value well I think the reason it's of value
0: is you're carrying on the family lineage right so in that story you said he was the only child Mm -hmm. So that means there's no one else to carry on their family bloodline or whatever. So I suppose from like an evolution perspective, you want your genes to continue propagating throughout the rest of time. So I don't know if this is their rationale, but that is one (laughs) rationale for wanting grandkids. So it's not sort of like your lineage isn't dying with your child but I think it's also like a sign of success, which is which is what I suspect is in this context. I doubt they're suing over <laughs> the bloodline, not continuing. Who knows? But I think it's sort of like, especially in Asian and maybe in African cultures as well. It's sort of like not OK to be single. Untethered. Yeah, And also deciding not to have kids would be weird and Like, you're not successful in, I would say, by our culture,
1: if you don't get married and have kids, essentially, which I don't agree with. But Yeah. These parents who are suing their son, they wanted to have a grandchild to play with during their retirement. Like, that's one of the the things. (laughs) That's cute. And they say that, you know, they paid for a wedding reception in a five star hotel, a luxury car worth $80,000 and a honeymoon abroad. And it's been six years and then the couple aren't even planning to have a baby. And so the dad said, you know, at least, quote, at least if we have a grandchild to spend time with, our pain will become bearable. And they're accusing their son of mental cruelty (laughs) because it's the dream of every parent to become a grandparent. I'm very curious to (laughs) know how that case ends, to be honest. Well, it's going to be heard by court tomorrow. Oh, okay. Or today, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but on the 17th of May, it's going to be heard by court, which is the day after we record this. So it'll be interesting. We'll keep an eye on that story and see. We'll update you next week. Yeah. Speaking of kids, Spain announced this week that they are planning to allow menstrual leave. So five days a month. Mm. that a woman can use for menstrual leave. And they were very clear, very specific when they said, it's not just for your standard cramps. This is for the more debilitating end of the cramp range.
0: Yeah, I think I saw this story as well. I think you need a doctor's note and it's, I think it's three to five days. But yeah, you can't just sort of say you've got cramps.
1: For people who are unfamiliar with cramps, or have never experienced cramps before, male or female, doesn't matter. They can range from all the way from mild discomfort to debilitating, where you have a lot of stomach upset and you have a lot of nausea. I personally, I'm more on like on a scale of one to 10 of cramps. Mine tend to be around, in high school anyway, mine were around eight, eight or nine, where it's like passing out. Mm and just throwing up and all of that.
0: Yeah. Same actually. When I was at school, I used to have to go to the nurse's office because I felt so ill and yeah, I vomited and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So really bad. Pretty. But it's been better
1: as I got older, but yeah. And I think it does change for a lot of women as they get older. There's no, cause there's so little that's known about how our hormones and all of that works that it is possible for the type of cramps that you end up having to change as you get older. What excites me the most about this law is the clear acknowledgement that the way that our society functions right now doesn't take into account the nuances of what women need versus what men Mm. might need. And so something like this is a huge step towards equity Because it's not about equality necessarily, it's about equity. So there's the, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's that graphic that has has done the rounds a few times anyway in my feed where you have a fence, a wooden fence, and you have an adult and you have a child on trying to look over the fence to, I don't know, look at a football game or something. And the adult has two stools two crates that he stood on and the child has two crates that they're stood on and the child still can't see over the fence but the adult can Mm -hmm. and underneath that visual is the word equality equality is giving everybody the exact same thing regardless of what their specific needs are right and then the other side of that image is the adult getting one stool and the child getting four or five stools and they both have the same view of the football game that they're looking at and underneath that is equity. And so equality isn't necessarily the right approach mm. in all situations because equity means that everybody will get what they need in order to be successful, but equality just means giving everybody the same thing, which is how we end up in situations where the default doesn't often doesn't serve marginalized communities.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. I actually hadn't heard the difference between equality and equity before but that makes sense
1: yeah a, a cartoon told me that so we spoke about memes as we, last week yeah I was gonna say as we talked about last yeah. week visual representations it, really help it really does it's, it's really clear really concise but what uh, what also excited me about Spain's new progressive roles are that they have now given women over the age of 16 so 16 and 17 year olds no longer need to obtain parental consent for abortions That's good, that's quite progressive, which is incredibly progressive when you think about it. Catholic country, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really progressive law, and in stark contrast to the US, which is obviously going back in time in that respect.
1: It's good that Europe seems to be doing the opposite. That's really cool, yeah, it's amazing. And they're also implementing a register, so medical professionals who want to object conscientiously they want to opt out of having to be involved in the procedures can join the register and then they don't have to participate in any abortion
0: right because of the religious services for yeah I for whatever assume. reason so they yeah. can
1: opt out So medical professionals can opt out so in that way women aren't being punished
0: yeah i guess they'd already know who's opted out so they can make sure to go to a doctor who hasn't opted it out so we were discussing last week how in the UK you still need to seek permission from two doctors yes and one might object and then you have to make other appointments or, or you know whatever the process is but you need to find someone else whereas that register is actually quite clever because hopefully it circumvents that problem of going and then getting rejected you you just go to people who you know
1: yeah are and okay with it. What I also find interesting is that in parts of the U.S. you can't adopt a child if you are sixteen, but if you get pregnant, you have to have <laughs> a kid. Do you know what I mean? That's interesting. It's yeah. just it's one. It's it's just it's very reassuring to know that to hear stories like this because it just makes you realize that all isn't indeed lost.
0: Yeah, that there is still progress in the world.
1: Yeah. So, if anyone's looking for a new a new home. Spain also has siestas. So if you like naps and freedom and of choice. Sunshine. And sunshine for most of the we year. that's all. let all move to Spain.
0: Indeed. Um, I also wanted to mention on the point of the menstrual leave, I, I saw that and was like, this is really cool. And then I ended up reading another article about how some areas of China and Japan actually already have this policy. So I think... In Japan, since the 70s, they've essentially had some sort of menstrual leave. But apparently, it actually doesn't really work. Like, no one really takes it because it's a sign of weakness. And ah. it actually serves to disadvantage women in a way because if they take it, then, you know, the, the way I think success at work is measured in Japan for example is you know how many hours you work and you show that you're working hard and then taking something like menstrual leave is kind of the opposite to that right you're working less hours you know it's it's not a good sign so i think it actually isn't a great thing even though this policy exists i think it's it exists in the context of your culture right so maybe in Spain in Europe or wherever in the UK if we one day have it potentially that won't be the case and people will feel free to use it but interestingly in places that they already have it it doesn't really seem to work so not to put a dampener on it because it it does sound
1: like good news (laughs) that's really interesting actually I wonder what triggered the desire for japan to implement a rule like that in the in the first place what was the original i mean i don't expect you to know the answer to this but i wonder (laughs) what the original intent was yeah i'm not sure i think it might have been
0: to create more equality in the workforce or something like that like to give to do exactly what you were saying to acknowledge that women have these circumstances that may make it harder for them to perform at work. So I think the intention of them was good, but the reality of it is it doesn't really work, is Is what I, I expect is the situation. I can't imagine they made it with the intention of creating a disadvantage for women, women right? Like, they'd just not implement this law then and just have things as they are. So... I, yeah I think it was sort of like good intentions and then it's actually not worked out which often happens I guess with policies.
1: Yeah it's it's similar to the unlimited holiday policy that a lot of companies yes, have right where exactly. trying to deal with a, your culture problem you instead give people unlimited holiday but people don't take the holiday days because it's frowned upon to not be at your desk I suppose.
0: Well yeah I think people who have unlimited holiday actually take less holiday than people who have, like, allocated holiday days. Yeah, there's a stat around that was in there. Yeah, Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it is less, and I think it's because it doesn't look good to be taking loads of time off. So it's actually a terrible policy in the end. And on that
1: chirpy note... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about all the reasons why everything you thought you knew about love is... Actually, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> In the context of the term
0: or the phrase opposites attract? Yes,
1: compatibility. That's our topic of the week this week that we want to explore with you. The reason that this was on our minds this week was because Jeeves and I have a friend who started seeing somebody new and they were telling us about this person and use the the phrase opposites attract because according to them, this person is the complete opposite of the person that they've started seeing. And I actually made a comment about our friendship because yes, we do agree on, we're aligned on a lot of things and we agree on a lot of things, but I would have always considered us to be opposites. And so it took us down an entire black hole. And then we said, save it for the podcast. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, Yeah. Do you think that opposites attract?
0: No, I actually think the opposite. And I think it actually, I I think it's relevant to friendships and romantic relationships. And I thought it was really interesting that you thought we were opposites because I think we're very similar. And we did discuss this a little bit before, but. We're obviously different in, you know, we grew up in different places, have different backgrounds, mm-hmm. different, I guess, academic interests. Yeah. But we're very similar on values and how we think about the world. So I guess with this question of do opposites attract, it's like, how do you define opposites? And what's, what's the context in which you're opposite? And I would say if you're similar in terms of, values then you do attract each other in a friendship and romantic context I would say opposite you, you, you could potentially be opposite in you know hobbies or other things you know work but I think when it comes to how you how you think about stuff that's the thing that
1: can't be opposite essentially and I agree Cool. Thanks for listening this week. <laughs> no, um, I actually, so I, I only partially agree with you there because I do think that even though there's loads of studies that show that actually opposites don't in fact attract and what you said is probably the more likely way that human beings like to connect with each other. In my mind, I am thinking about when I hear the phrase opposites attract, I, it makes me think about compatibility. And oftentimes you'll have people with very different views around certain key topics that are able to find some sort of synergy with each other. So an example that I would use would be around a money mindset. If you're somebody who grew up really frugally or your approach to spending money is very cautious and you don't like to splurge and you just you save everything and you just really don't like to spend money and then you end up with somebody who is a bit more relaxed about, about money, potentially is more open to spending on whatever it is that they want to spend on. And just takes a more liberal approach to that. That can actually end up being quite compatible because mm-hmm. when, where you meet in the middle is you encourage them to be more money conscious, and they encourage you to live a little more. And so there's some there's something there to be said for not finding somebody with your exact same background and your exact same interests and your exact same outlook on the world. Now, yep. this is where it gets dangerous, though. It's where you meet somebody who is completely unaligned with any element of who you are as a person. And you tell yourself, oh, yeah, but he's got abs. I don't know why I talk about abs so much. I don't even care about abs that much. But... <laughs> But You're it's like, like
0: they're interesting yeah.
1: and like exciting almost
0: because they're, because you, I guess, disagree on stuff.
1: Yeah, it's the idea of, you know, the good girl and the bad boy or the bad girl and the good yeah. <laughs> boy. <laughs> good boy sounds so weird. Yeah, like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's that idea of like, you don't have to, you can you can be opposite and only have each other in common. I think it's, it's probably harder to make that work, but I do think that there is something to be said for, and again, I know that science and all the studies and all that does say that shared values is the way that you make a relationship really work. You have Mm -hmm. to have that, any sort of relationship, friendship, family, loved ones, whatever. But yeah, it's, I would say that I would take a slightly more Eh, It depends, would be my answer to that.
0: I think the example you gave about the money mindsets is a good one in a way that people can differ because in that context, the other person is helping you to improve in some way. And I feel like if you're two people who are too similar, no one's going to grow. Like you need someone to push you a little bit. So it's just like you need... I guess you need to be pushed in areas where you grow in a positive way, right? So like in that example, both people were growing in a way that will hopefully make them happier people and have a happier relationship. Whereas I think if you are opposites in very fundamental ways, that's not going to lead to any growth. It's just going to lead to conflict. So I think that's probably the difference like you, you can differ in some ways but not in not on like really fundamental things I think
1: yeah and, and I would also I will go as far as saying that the things that are considered to be fundamental will differ from person to person yeah so you know just as you said around the areas where you're willing to grow in or you're open to growing in can't well be able to tolerate some differences there if you're introverted and you like to stay home, you really don't like to be around people or go out and your partner is really extroverted, loves to ha- have parties and loves to be the center of you know center of everything, there is a sweet spot where you complement each other there even though you're completely mm. opposite people who see the world very differently but there's also the the sweet spot is really narrow where if that border that the foundational level of respect isn't there respect for each other respect for the relationship isn't there your differences will break you so even if you feel very differently about things that you would consider to be core you know one person's religious the other person isn't if you don't have a respect for each other and a respect for the relationship and you're not willing to compromise with each other then your oppositeness won't attract
0: (laughs) yeah well it will be a detriment to the relationship, I think, and the religion one's interesting because I feel like for some people that is so fundamental. Like I would say it is for me. I don't think I could date anyone religious because I'm I can't compromise on that belief, and I would really struggle. You know, if for example I was to have children one day to raise them as religious, like I I just don't think that's something that I could do. So that wouldn't be something I'm willing to compromise on. Whereas other things.
1: Yeah, I'm open. Well, what's interesting is I am religious <laughs> and we spend a lot of time together. That's true. And fun I mean, I don't I don't preach at you, but you are aware of my beliefs, I'm also aware of yours. Yeah. But it doesn't really come up. That's a good point. It doesn't come up. And it also doesn't, well, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't impact the way that you view no, <laughs> me in my sure. and my opinion. And it's not like, yeah, she, she said this, but she's also religious. So <laughs> you can't really take it. No,
0: yeah. that's, a, that's a great <laughs> counterpoint. And you're right. We that we never really talk about no. it. And it's not something that I think, yeah, I agree, affects our you know perception of each other but i also think we never have to make decisions together that involve religion yeah. so i uh, i wonder if this is something that is different in a friendship versus a romantic relationship because i feel like in a friendship you can respect someone's opinion and i guess the evidence is that we never really talk about it because we know we have a difference of opinion. Yeah. And there's no point in talking about it because neither of us is going to, like, neither of us wants to convince the other one. Whereas in a romantic relationship, you might feel the need to convince the other person because you want to have children together or because you're trying to figure out whether you spend your Sundays going to church or not. You know, I, I feel like it's those, like, life decisions that, where is where it comes up or is you and I having brunch there's no (laughs)
1: impact of whether or not either of us are religious well we haven't talked about this yet but I wanted to bring up the topic of raising kids together but we can take it offline (laughs) we can take it offline it's fine we'll talk about it after the podcast Um, I have a proposal for you (laughs) but yeah okay I do yeah I I will take that point on board I do agree with that because our beliefs don't impact each other's decisions like or autonomy then it's not as important so then perhaps the whole idea of opposites and the the fundamental things that are important to you in a friendship but also in a relationship with family etc and any sort of human to human relationship that you have will differ not just not just in the scenario but from person to person as well
0: yeah exactly I don't think there's a clear-cut answer to what
1: constitutes opposites and similarities
0: it's kind of dependent
1: well where things get even more complicated is what if you find somebody that you're quite excited to be with for the foreseeable and they develop a trait that you would consider to be opposite so let's say that your fella is a like finds finds god (laughs) a couple years into the relationship that's interesting the, does that then become because you know it's not humans aren't perfect and it can't always be like a nice little clean box so and i'm test i'm pu- and i'm yeah, I'm fully aware that I'm pushing the boundaries here because at some point you need to understand when to cut your losses yeah. <laughs> and stop trying to make you know square yeah. peg fit into a circle but i I think it's a, it's worth considering because oftentimes we will rule people out of Mm. the running based on our perception of what we think it would be like to be with them. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I'm still, I still, I'm still working on myself is, you know, how do you make good judgments without putting your own preconceptions and your own stereotypes, et cetera, on people? Like if I go Mm. on a first date with somebody, and they show up wearing shorts and flip-flops, it's gonna be really hard for me to see myself getting a mortgage with them at some point down the line. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There's gonna be some assumptions there. And in those scenarios, what would your approach be if, with the example around your partner finding finding God? So that's an interesting question. And I'll, I'll make it worse before you answer. Finding God after your first kid. Ooh. Yeah.
0: So I guess because you've already spent so much time together and you've built this relationship, I think it's something you'd have to kind of work on together and figure out if you could make your life work with this new difference in opinion. Whereas I think you're, if if you date someone who you already know is, super different to you in a way that you feel quite strongly about. I feel like you're starting, you're starting by like trying to climb Mount Everest, right? Whereas, you know, if you've had years of a relationship, you've been climbing, I'm using some sort of mountain (laughs) metaphor, by the way, you've been, you know, climbing a different hill every weekend, you've been on lots of long treks, and then suddenly you're at Everest. You're like, ah, we can probably do this. Whereas, or we're at least gonna try. Whereas I feel like, if it's someone random for an from an app, for example, and you know, for you, they, re- they reveal they're uh, adamant atheist. That just feels like you're taking on a massive challenge, which could ultimately be the like the reason it doesn't work, and it's so obvious at the beginning. So I don't know. I feel like it's a it's quite a different context.
1: Yeah, I guess the key the key messaging there is: do opposites attract? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it, it dep- that Like you need to have some follow up questions around. Just you know, get specific. <laughs> it's not <laughs> as simple as we thought originally, as we originally I think thought So our initial reaction was both like, no, of course not. But then as we sat with it and dug into it, we did find that there are a lot of nuances to it my hmm. for the takeaway for me would be to examine and this is looms going to coach mode here just refers to myself in the third person let's just breeze <laughs> right past that but my key takeaway for that from that would be examining what you think your core deal breakers are cuz i don't think people should really have that many deal breakers, mm. at least not in the beginning.
0: Potentially, yeah. you know, it's good to be open, down be
1: It's good to be open to a certain extent. Like, obviously, there's certain deal breakers that aren't, no deal breaker is universal. You know, somebody might be open to dating somebody who has a violent criminal history, and somebody else might not be open to dating that person. So it's going to vary per person. So I'd probably want to understand where what what are you considering? What are you basing the notion of opposite off of? What is it mm. about your set of values and your beliefs that are fueling the idea of what opposite looks like and then really like challenging those if you're finding that you're not ending up in situations with people that are compatible with you?
0: I agree with the idea of figuring out your values I'd almost frame it like that rather than figuring out your deal breakers though I feel like deal breakers always sounds really negative whereas if you think about like what is really important and meaningful to you that should help inform the type of person that you will be compatible with and I think it yeah I think it's just a nicer way than framing a deal breaker so for example like I wouldn't date anyone. Who was pro-life or anti-abortion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I might frame that as it's really important to me for someone to value women yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and women's rights. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know uh, that's the way I like to think about it. Is like what are the characteristics you want to see in
1: these, this person, as opposed to?
0: What are the things you don't want to see?
1: Yes. And, you know, there's not being really similar it can be really dull. Yes. Right. There's an Instagram account called Siblings or Dating. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you showed me that. <laughs> I already. have showed it to you. We'll put it in the show notes. Hours of fun. Go ahead and take a look. And it's basically an Instagram account where couples will post a photo and you have to guess whether they're brother and sister or brother and brother, whatever, siblings or whether or not they're dating. Yeah, that creeps me out. Yeah, so whenever, you know, so you you don't necessarily want to, you know, manifest too much similarity because you... No. Although they do say that soulmates usually look quite similar.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I think I've heard that, not that I necessarily believe in the concept of a soulmate, (laughs) but yeah, I've heard that people tend to be attracted to
1: people that look similar to them. So, yeah,
0: I thought that was interesting.
1: Interesting about soulmates. I mean, we don't have necessarily have the time to no <laughs> to get into that right now. <laughs> it's a topic for another day, I think. It is, yes. I would say. So I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. Yet again, we are enjoying hearing your feedback or enjoying recording this podcast. Yeah, it's it's actually really really fun and it means that we have to have quality time as well at least once a week. We do. So, which is lovely. Yes. If you have suggestions for other topics that we can cover, do let us know. If any catches your eye, you want us to talk about it, send it on in email in the show notes and also make sure to tell everyone yes. about the podcast. Share people you like, people you're that fond Yeah, or people you want to make amends with. It's a great icebreaker. Hey, yeah, I heard this really awesome podcast by these two elder millennials. <laughs> millennials. <laughs> I don't think I'm an elder millennial no, actually. No. no just so no regular. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you back here same time next week. Yeah, see you next week.
0: All right, bye. Bye.